to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hi, Jody. How's it going? Hello, Eleni. This is a very special day. Very special indeed. Tell us more. Well, we are having our Listen Again Awards at La Durée in Soho in New York City, and we want to give our podcast guests a peek into who we're celebrating this year. I love this so much. We are so excited to be having our second Listen Again Awards. And we also want to give a special shout out to our sponsor this year for the awards, Clavio. Clavio is an intelligent marketing automation powered by customer data, helping businesses connect with customers through a very seamless email, SMS, mobile push and reviews experience. Yes, Clavio has become such a great partner for us at Base Beauty. And we're thrilled that they came on as a sponsor for the Listen Again Awards this year. So now let's um, talk about award winners and how we choose how to honor one guest from each quarterly theme. So our criteria are episodes that motivate us to think in a new way, inspire people at all levels of their career, showcase a passion for learning, and encourage thoughtful feedback from fans. Such great categories. And we created these awards because there are some episodes that resonate with us so much that we just have to go back and have another listen. Let's revisit the episodes of our three award recipients now, and we'll start with our Archive Award winner. So the Archive Award is special because we have over 250 episodes already, and we only started our Listen Again Awards this year. So we definitely want to go back into the archive to see who keeps inspiring us. And on the top of my list, always in my head, is our guest from episode 208. This is Shantae Lundy. She's a founder and creator of Black Girl Sunscreen. And I literally think about her. She just pops up into my head once a week. I'm so inspired by Shantae. So her story is she moved to LA, just made a life change, had no idea where she was heading or what was next. She spent a few months hiking, reflecting, daydreaming. And that transformative period birthed this idea for Black Girl Sunscreen. And it really is a category-changing and life-changing brand. So from not knowing where she'd even live to becoming the creator and founder of her own brand that's making waves, it just inspires me to realize that you just don't know where that next big opportunity will come from and what it will lead to. I love that. It's a major theme of our show. So interesting to watch how these career paths happen. So let's listen into part of our conversation with Shantae Lundy, episode 208. I'm wondering, you know, like, are you a risk taker? Is that sort of your natural state? My entire life. Okay. So let's talk about that because being on an entrepreneurial journey, like you literally take risks every day. And I walked into my entrepreneurial journey, not a risk taker, not thinking that I'm a risk taker and realizing, oh, I guess I take risks. <laughs> like I just didn't realize it. So uh, when did this like risk taking other than wanting to be a race car driver, how did that show up for you in like in your career? You know, now that I think about it, probably when I went off to college, I think it's a risk when you when you leave your home and you decide like, hey, I'm, I'm never coming back, which is a different way of living today, right? Um, where kids that are 17, 18, or even 21 are going back home after college. Um, I did not. After college, I drove my car down to, to South Florida, to Miami, and um, I was entering a master's uh, program and looking for a part-time job and an apartment. Um, and that was a risk that I took. Um, I knew I was going to go to school, but I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't know how things were going to turn out. Um, I was in corporate America for 13 years down in South Florida, but I transitioned out of my job and um, 
drove across the country to Los Angeles, where I currently reside. No place to live, no plan. You know, that was another risk. So risks have come up throughout my life um, without me even thinking that it was a risk. It was just me making a big decision and then deciding like, okay, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's always going to work out. And that's my mind frame, that whatever happens, it will work out. Well, that's so interesting. I know if we were sitting with like a business coach right now, they would say to you, well, Shantae, those weren't risks to you. You you, It doesn't sound like you even thought that there was any counter to to it working out, right? It doesn't sound like you had self-doubt. Did you have self-doubt? No, but I also don't have that much self-doubt, I guess, right? Because I think that one way or another, it will work out, whether it's, there's pros and there's pros and cons, right? Like it might be, it might not be favorable, but like the day the day ends and then there's a new day tomorrow. So it, it's a risk in my mind because not everybody is willing to do that. Not everybody will say, "Hey, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna just drive my car to whatever state and not have a place to live." Like that's a risk for many people. Like it's not really stable either, right? Like not knowing like where your money's gonna come from. That's a risk, right? You- you know, Shantae, it's so interesting because this um, podcast is like free therapy for me. And I, I really feel like the universe like brings me the gas the day like I need to hear these messages. So I am historically living in self-doubt with like the shadow man following me around, like this shadow of financial insecurity, like, you know, just chasing after me. And it is so fascinating for me to talk to somebody who like moved through the world in these very big situations, right? This wasn't like, should I take this class or this class? This is like, let me pick up my life and move um, several times. It's so fascinating for me to hear someone talk about moving through the world without that doubt. It's it's almost like you're speaking another language because I just never was able to do that. You know, Jody, I'm, I'm willing to do it again and again and again to get experience in different environments, to get experience to different folks. Um, I will say that living here in Los Angeles has, you know, opened up a network of individuals that I didn't really have access to living in South Florida, right? So for me, it's it's always about what's going to elevate my life. And can I do it? Do I want to do it? Right? Like when I was, you know, 20, there was one game in this industry. And maybe by you saying like, well, no, I'm actually going to curate and edit like how I spend my time to what's going to serve me best, then you're writing the rules of some a, a new game. And there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be looking towards you saying, I, I want to do it that way because this way isn't serving me. You know, I actually used to say to my business coach, he'd like, go and network. I'm like, I just want to go home and put my PJs on and watch The Real Housewives. Like, this is all I want to be doing, right? So I found a way to do this and still watch The Real Housewives in my PJs. <laughs> That's great. You know, I just think about the way that, I, I guess, suits me, right? And, and then the business, the livelihood of the 16 individuals that are passionate about Black Girl Sunscreen. That's the best way for me. I love that. Well, let's talk about, I want to hear about your breakaway from corporate America, right? Because you told me you got back in the car and you drove to LA. What was like that moment or that period in time where you said like, I'm ready for something new? When I felt like I was just tapped out um, in, in that space and you get that feeling. Sometimes you can kind of, you know, march through it. And then sometimes it's, it's just like, okay, like today's the last day. And I had my last day and I was in my um, loft apartment and I said, okay, so what's next? And it's 
time to go to Los Angeles. I packed my car and um, put my bulldog in the front seat and took three days to get to the West Coast. Um, Stayed with a friend for two weeks and found an apartment. And I gave myself only the two weeks to stay with her because I didn't want to feel like I was a burden. And um, it was important that I, you know, stayed on the path of this is what I need to do. And um, that was the moment where I felt like, all right, it's LA. There's nothing else that can be done here in South Florida. Um, And I just wanted to feel free. I wanted to get off of this structured schedule, right? Going from kindergarten to, to grad school, you know, 18 years of Um, school and then another 12 years in the corporate space, it was all of my life that I knew that was answering to someone and to being on an early ass schedule from like 6 a.m. till 10 o'clock at night. I was in extracurriculum activities in um, high school and college. You know, in the corporate space, I sat on different organizations um, and it always took up more than the normal coursework. So for me to go come to the West Coast, it just felt invigorating. I had no job. I had no plan. I just did yoga and hiked every day for four months. (laughs) It sounds like a dream. I'm curious, did you ever have that like um, shadow of financial insecurity following you during that time period? No, because I knew that I would have to enter the workforce again. Um, But it does feel good just to kind of do nothing and to dream. And, you know, I, I say dream because a dream in my mind doesn't always come true it's okay for it just to be idle and just to be a thought, right? And that's what I was doing during those four months. And during the four months, I came up with Black Girl Sunscreen, but actually implemented it. So that's no longer a dream to me, right? But that time off gave me the ability to even think of something, right? Because when I was caught up in in corporate and in this rat race, I didn't have the capacity to think outside of my day-to-day. So I am so thankful for just that time frame of the transition because without it, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah, that's why um, we all need to take breaks. Like we have to, right? Where our bodies and our brains, our hearts need a break and then we can be more creative, right? And inspired. Yeah, but I, my break was, it w- didn't have a timeline. When we go on mm-hmm. vacation, you know, it's kind of like, okay, five days, seven days, 10 days, whatever. There's always a time where we have to come back and we're going to get back into our, our groove of things. My break was, I didn't necessarily have a timeline. I knew eventually, but when was that eventually? And I think that's what really allowed me to to, to think creatively because I didn't feel pressed pressed or rushed to meet a timeline or, oh my gosh, I got to get this thought out because I go back to work on Monday. Yeah. I'm actually going on vacation on Friday and that's exactly how I feel. Like, okay, I'm going to leave on Friday. I come back on Monday. Right. So there's a, yeah, this clock ticking, right? Like I want to jam in as much fun um, and silliness as possible right before I'm back in this, in this seat again. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit because in our pre-show you told me that CEO is a big, a big, it says, you said big for me, right? You choose not to have that title. I'm curious why. Oh, because I, I, I'm a fun person, I think. And I, and I like the words creator and founder and CEO. This what the, the word CEO, this is what it reminds me of. And this is no, this is no um, shade to you or don't feel attacked, okay? CEO reminds me of this 
this pose right here. <laughs> you know, you know how when people take that pose and their their arms are crossed, right? And that's so not me. You know, I feel like I'm pretty approachable. I'm I'm really silly, um, and I I think I I think I'm not as like. I don't look like your typical CEO. And that's the cool part about who we are today. We recently got a trademark, Black Girl Sunscreen, um, our business name. And it was a big deal because um, we were supposed to get it in five years. We got it into our name is descriptive, wow. right? And um, the post went viral. It got, um, it's at like 149,000 likes on uh, Shantae's personal page, which I have about, I don't know, 12,000 followers. So it's reached 9 million accounts. And my team and I, we were really analyzing this post because we wanted to understand the mechanics behind it. Why did it go viral? What What's going on? And what we came up with was, okay, Shantae, you have maybe these long nails, you got on your kind of cool sunglasses, you got this big hair and your tongue is out, you're making a silly face, and you just don't look like the typical CEO, right? And um, when they said that, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm that, but it just doesn't work for me. So I say that CEO is big because I don't see myself as a CEO. I see myself as this founder and this creator of this product that is now running a business. Okay. So this <laughs> it's like incredible that we're talking today. Um, I actually used to not use CEO for the same reasons I was founder and creative director. I'm like, that's who I am. In my soul, I'm just like creative and I'm, you know, out in outer space thinking of ideas. But then my COO said, no, I need you to be the CEO. So it's fine. Whatever. Whatever she wants. Whatever Eleni wants, Eleni gets. So, okay. My last question for you, this idea of growing um, a business, for me, the best way to describe it is a seduction. Like, I love my work. I love, you know, growing these ideas and seeing my dreams come true. But once I get a little taste for that success or what I just define as success, I want more, like sugar. Like I need more and more and more. So it's seductive. And the seduction is part great because it means I love my job, right? If I didn't love my job, I certainly would not be seduced by it. But then, you know, there's other things that I like to do in my time. And when you're kind of, you know, really in that seduction, you can kind of lose sight of these other things. So I'm just curious if that word resonates for you at all in your own entrepreneurial journey and if it does, um, how you manage that seduction. Well, I'm completely seduced and I'm filled with lust because I spend all of my time with Black Girl Sunscreen, um, massaging it, growing it, (laughs) And telling it um, little um, secrets day in and day out. So I love that you introduced the word seduction because I never, ever thought about it that way at all. I felt like I was consumed. But now my voice has even changed because I'm like, ooh, you know what? Don't judge me if if I really love what I'm doing and I feel fulfilled. I feel like I can actually leave this planet today and feel accomplished. That's how seduced I am by Black Girl Sunscreen. I love your interpretation of this. And um, I'm so grateful that we work in businesses where we, you know, there's so much joy in the everyday that like the seduction is you know, uh, warranted and wanted, right? Like imagine, I mean, we've both been there. We're having jobs where we didn't feel fulfilled and didn't feel joy that I was not seduced by those jobs. No, um, this is sexy too. I mean, don't you want to feel sexy? Doesn't everyone want to feel attractive? And, you know, it, 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 
for me, the best part of this is being able to give a livelihood to, to, to people, right. Um, that are here in the community that believe in what we're doing. Um, you know, seeing something grow like corporate culture, our um, environment is also very important, helping people grow within their personal space. Even if they're here for a short time, black girl sunscreen making impact on their lives and, and then making an impact on black girl sunscreen. Um, I love everything about it. And if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to do this at the level that I'm doing it at. Um, the question is, will I tap out? Eventually, right? But right now I'm going, you know, my need for speed is 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 here. Oh, I love it how you just brought this so full circle. Well, that actually concludes our podcast portion of our show. So I want to thank you so much, Shantae, for sharing your wisdom with our listeners. Thank you, Jody. Our next award recipient is Neil Shabelli. He's a makeup artist and on-air beauty expert from episode 237. And you may recognize Neil from his recurring spots on Good Morning America. And he's also no stranger to New York Fashion Week, runways, red carpets, and other national television. So he has almost 15 years of experience sharing beauty education with the public. And he's so passionate. He spoke in his episode about how every day is different in the entertainment industry. And he made a great point when he talks about always showing up for yourself because as a freelancer, you don't know where the job will take you next. I'm so proud to be honoring Neil for our artistry theme. Let's listen in again to our conversation with Neil Shabelli, episode 237. Let's talk about kind of life as a makeup artist. You mentioned every day is different, but then every day is different. So um, people in your career have to get used to the fact that you might not know what you're working on in two days, right? Or three days. Yes. You don't know where you're going to be next month. Mm -hmm. So what is the sort of mental alignment that you have to do when you're in a role where you're not in the same place every day, like people who go to an office or people who work in a store, um, and you don't necessarily always know what's coming next? That is really a great question because not many people have asked it, and I feel like not a lot of people kind of think about that. But um, so it's a few things. My I think my family always kind of like wanted me to have structure and a life that was set up in a certain way so that I knew what was happening all the time. And from very early on, I knew that that wasn't in me. It wasn't, it just wasn't me. I think, you know, when you have to make something like that work, when you just feel like you like owning your own business, you like controlling your own schedule I think it's artistic. I think because I'm an artist, it's hard for me to just kind of like not do what I'm doing. So in a way, I don't know anything else. But at the same time, I have had multiple, you know, working with, you know, as a national artist, like you're exclusively with the brand and it's it's kind of corporate. And, you know, I've tried, I've, I've had experiences like that. And I worked for a record label out of college. My I interned really early on for Sony Music at Columbia Records, which was a mind-blowing experience. And it was incredible. And I think internships are so important. So also intern everywhere you can if you're still in college. But um, I got to see all of those things. I got to see what an office setting was like, you know, in, at Sony. And I sat at a desk at Sony. And I got to work PR angles for, for the, for the Sony artists. And that was like a dream. Like I got to work on amazing campaigns for 
some of today's biggest acts, you know. But I still knew, even then, I was like, I just know that this is not for me. I know I'm not supposed to be at this desk. And, like, I just always felt that there was more that I, my soul was supposed to give the world. And it took a long time to, like, just figure out that you can go out on your own and be successful and make it happen. And I did it in a little bit of a strategic way. I, I think, you know, I, I always worked from very early on. So I, you'll, you know, freelancers will tell you now, like, you need to have a couple months saved before you go out on your own. You kind of have to like, look at the future and know like, these are my expenses. This is how much I might need for the next few months. Even if I don't know what's coming in January, I know that I'm good until then or, you know, things like that. And then I also feel like, you know, it's okay to sacrifice a bit to get there. So I feel like at this point in my life, I'm okay with it. But maybe when I was younger, I always knew I had to have, you know, maybe it was a part-time job and then I was on my own or I knew like how to balance that financially. But I think when you have something that you know your soul is has a burning desire to offer the world, you will find a way to do it. And I feel like we all do. We all just kind of find a way to to make our passions happen. And and I think you know when you're doing something at a certain point, you know that like it might have an expiration date. You know you're gonna do this for a bit, but then you know that your burning passion is this. And so you know you just kind of have to balance your time in making both happen really. Along with a lot of self, I would say like meditation, you kind of have to set yourself up in a regimen as a freelancer or as a creative that makes you feel sane because A, we could work morning to night and just never stop or B, you need to know how to actually let yourself relax when you don't know what's happening you know, in three months from now. But guess what? I'm going to go to Core Power Yoga and do like a hot sculpt yoga class and I'm going to feel really good when I get out and then I'll figure it out. You know, like you do have to become your own best friend, your your best champion for yourself. And you really have to like hone in on your mental health in order to be a successful entrepreneur or be a successful freelancer because, you know, it's 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 definitely not easy, but I think it's also really rewarding. I would like to just point out to everyone listening that to get to where you are now was an enormous amount of hustle and you had to make it happen, right? Things were not handed to you. And anyone who has gotten to their goals, whatever their goals are, worked hard for it. So yeah, you know, Neil, you have a um, very like peaceful Zen explanation of what, (laughs) what the career has been like, but I know for sure you had to really, really, really commit yourself and make sacrifices to get to do what you're doing today. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we all do in different ways, but um, it's not easy still, you know, and um, I still am constantly working, you know, I'm constantly pitching still, I'm constantly auditioning still. I'm also like still really hard on myself all the time. Like when I maybe don't get the project I really want, or, you know, I think you just kind of have to champion for yourself and yeah, it's, 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 it's still a hustle. So I feel like, you know, as long as you love it and you just, you know, you got to just continue to do it and put your best foot forward and yeah. 
I think that, well, for, first of all, when I was in my 20s, I thought that all this stuff came easy to everybody who had it, right? So I was very misaligned with reality. But once I realized, oh, everybody has to work for it, then I started working for it. And then I was like, wait a minute, that it never ends. You have to keep Always. working for it. Like, like, never, ever ends. Like, I think, and that's the thing. Like, I think people think that once you do this, then you'll like be okay. Like, you'll be good. I'm just like, I did this, but I'm still, you know, I'm still hustling. Like, I think we all still are. And maybe we have to continue to lift the, the veil, which I think the pandemic honestly and sadly did. But in a way, it lifted the veil of like, we are all in this together. And we're all working hard. We're all just trying to make things happen. And I think when you see it on a highlight reel and you see the success, look, it, you, you think the success is coming easy. It's really not. You're, I've heard this said, but like, you're only as like relevant as like your last project or something. I've heard that as a makeup artist. And I think that's kind of sad. So you have to fill yourself for yourself. Like I have definitely taken a lot of time over the last few years, like away from kind of things that I don't want to do anymore. You know, like I also stay off of social media a little bit more and I'm trying to get back into like life things like reading, you know, like I have a book right there. I have books right behind me. Like I'm trying to actually, you know, continue to create a real life greatness for myself because it can feel really empty when you think that this thing is going to fill you and make you, you know, solve solve whatever you think you need to solve. But I think there needs the, the why behind it should just be that burning desire and passion for sharing what you do. And I've gotten back to that myself. Like for me going on air or performing or doing anything, it's like there's an intention behind me wanting to share things so people can feel their best, so they can look their best, so that I can share my talent in the most like optimal ways. It's not for, you know, the post or the the gram. So yeah. I feel like you and I could talk about this forever. forever. So like we'll have a part yeah. two to this <laughs> because I also want people to know that like you could be working with your dream clients and you could still feel kind of like not having a good day, right? Like feel a little met inside, right? Like this is just like totally normal. Like not every day just because like the work you're doing is awesome doesn't mean like you feel awesome every day. Like this is life. We have these, you know, emotional ups and downs even when the success is all around us. Well, to go off of that, the client also is feeling that way sometimes you know like it's not it's not just me and I do have a little like technique that I do like before I go to anything before I leave my apartment before I go to a client like I kind of like do this whole like mental readiness of like I'm showing up as my best self everything is checked at the door I'm here to help them I have a light around me protecting me I'm here to do my job and I'm here to make you be your best self and and I check everything at the, at the door and I think that's really important and um, I've heard from clients that like that is what will get you rebooked is like kind of like I meet them where they are so sometimes the, you know we're all human so the client might be having a super chatty day where we're super chatty and everybody's having fun and then they might have also just gotten off a flight and had a full day of like press and we just need to get this face done and get on to the next interview or something and maybe we're not talking 
you know, and that's fine. So I think we're all just kind of meeting. I think it's about meeting them where they are and they might be having just as much of a good or bad day as I am, you know, so. I love this. Okay. This has been an incredible conversation. We will definitely have to have a part (laughs) two and maybe we'll have like a, um, bring some more voices into the part two because I think this is, could go on forever. We didn't even talk too much about the line between artistry and influencing. You did mention that you try to like stay off Instagram. So I think you gave me the answer there. Like your focus, focus, focus on that client in your chair, but that could be part two. So I want to wrap up this interview segment. Thank you, Neil, for your honest answers. Alini, our third award recipient is Ron Robinson. He's an award-winning cosmetic chemist and CEO of Beauty Stack Cosmetics. His show is episode 244. Ron spent over 30 years in the beauty industry as a cosmetic chemist and product development exec for companies like Estee Lauder, Avon, and L'Oreal. He's also a resident beauty expert for Allure Magazine, Refinery29, and has amazing edutainment on social. And as far as health innovators go, Ron Robinson has cemented his place in the ever-shifting beauty landscape as really a go-to guy for all things skincare, where he helps his audience navigate which ingredients work and which ones don't. Ron found that cosmetic chemistry blended his knowledge of science with his passion for creating new things. When Ron was hired at Clinique in 1990, he broke into the beauty industry and never looked back, and we're so glad he shared his story with us. I've known Ron for a really long time, so I'm so proud to be able to honor him with this award. And here's part of our conversation with Ron from episode 244, part of our health theme. So leaving the corporate world to be an entrepreneur, that's a big shift. It's a big leap. How many years were you thinking about that before you left Avon? It was very fast. Mm -hmm. I just, I launched it at the time when... You know, Facebook had launched, LinkedIn had launched, Twitter had launched. So people were moving to social media at the time. So it was a very interesting time where social just started. And again, there was no beauty insider like myself and certainly no cosmetic chemist was out forming a blog and helping to educate consumers. It was totally new and fresh, and it was super exciting to be there at that time. So what was the shift from content to actually then formulating and putting out product with the beauty stat name on it? When did that happen, and what was the inspiration? The inspiration came after you know many years of, of connecting and, and talking to consumers that were reading my blog. They were asking me specifically about vitamin C, the ingredient. They would ask about all types of ingredients. Hey, what, what ingredient should I use if I have this problem? But the question about vitamin C came over and over again. Specifically, why is it unstable? How do I shop vitamin Cs? How do I use a vitamin C serum? And that got me thinking. Vitamin C, great ingredient. Everyone knows that, but it's notoriously unstable. And there, there are a few big selling vitamin C's in the marketplace at the time and still are today that are unstable. And consumers understand that, that they do shift, they turn to they tend to oxidize, turn brown, and stop working. And I said, what if I could stabilize pure vitamin C? That would be the holy grail in beauty. A stable vitamin C that consumers can really get results and not have to worry about tossing it and wasting their money. So me and Actually, a cosmetic chemist colleague of mine, we got together and we worked you know, at nighttime as a side hustle, working on trying to stabilize pure vitamin C. Spent several years, we applied for multiple patents, and the last step was to actually 
do the independent clinical testing to say, okay, we have a stable formula, but does it work? We got the results back, Jody, after a few weeks. And I, by the way, I footed the bill to spend, clinical testing is very expensive. I decided, hey, I'm going to, I, I've got to do this. We spent so much time working on this great formula and we got the independent clinical testing results and it was came back amazing. Before and after photos were fantastic, really transformed consumer skin. And that's what prompted me in 2019 to launch the brand, the skincare brand, BD Set, with our star vitamin C serum, this universal C skin refiner. And that's four years ago. That's how we, we started. We went from a blog to a fast-growing skincare brand. And when you're formulating after hours, this isn't something you can do like in your kitchen, right? You have to go to a lab for this. We had a lab. So we rented lab space that we mm -hmm. were able to use and leverage that in order to formulate. And I'm still running the blog at the time and then doing this as my side hustle to see you know where, where it would net out. So this is a lot of investment in your time and then ultimately with paying for the testing, um, a lot of faith that this would pay off. How confident were you in this process that you're going to get to the end result that you're hoping for? I wasn't confident at all. I felt like I just, I was compelled to do it. I just felt like, you know, we spent this time doing this. We think it's a great idea. I just had to see it through. And it was one of those where I just, okay, if I lose the money, then I lose it. But at least I, I can sleep and say, hey, I tried. And it was the best money I've ever spent. You know, this is a very uh, entrepreneur trait, which is this desire to, keep going, right? Even when like all the signs are saying like, <laughs> like you're going to run off the cliff to just say, I'm going to put my head down and keep focusing because I, some part of me just needs to do this, right? Even if you weren't confident, you needed to do it. Um, I find that myself, like I've been running my business for 16 years. Like what, <laughs> like, why did I keep going? It's so hard. But there is just a kind of like internal goal that I have for myself and the goals keep moving as I evolve. But like I'm compelled to keep seeing the magic happen. And the only way it's going to happen is if I keep going. Right. And, and I think this, this was a clear go, no go type of decision. In other words, I either had to do this and then that would be, okay, if it didn't work, then it was time to stop. So I, I did have that in mind. So, so I guess the advice I would give any entrepreneur on the line now is that you have to decide what the, the risk reward is. And I felt that if I would take this last risk, which was expensive, that the reward could be so great. And that's where I went. And then since then, it's been a lot easier in order to build this. That was the that was the final step, and and now I have the proof points to continue and to hustle and to be super excited, waking up every morning and wanting to drive and grow and build this brand. You've become so influential in our industry. I'm wondering, do you think of yourself as an influencer? Yeah, it's interesting you you ask that because you remember the reason why I started the Beauty Step blog was to educate. And that back then, you educated by creating blog. You actually typed out, wrote out your feelings, thoughts, whatever you wanted to educate and share, you wrote it down. Now I've gone full circle now, and I've become this creator, if you will. So if you, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that almost daily, I post a short 
about one minute video where I educate my followers on ingredients, trends, I weigh in on things, and I help them again navigate navigate this crowded space, help them understand what ingredients work, which which don't work. And it's been super fulfilling in terms of being able to talk and give consumers, you know, that education from from someone now they, they seem to value. They seem to look towards the cosmetic chemist to help them understand ingredients. So I'm really excited about being able to do that and, and again give back. And most of my content is it's not about my brand. It's about other ingredients, things that I'm I'm not necessarily using, but my followers, they want to hear, they want, they want to understand and learn more. And I'm just happy to do that. Well, you didn't tell me yet. Do you consider yourself an influencer? I know you're influencing, but do you in your heart think like I'm an influencer? Just to some extent, yes. I, I, I guess I have since people do ask me and they do value my feedback, I, I would say to some extent. But I think a lot of I think a, a lot of us are influencers. I think it's a level of, of, of magnitude. How much, what are you doing to actually show up and to influence uh, folks? What are, you, what are you doing to, to, to address that and, and really show up for that? So I, I make, I made, I made it, I'm making a commitment to do so on a daily basis. I, I love the consistency. I mean, I think that's what um, separates, once again, it's a very entrepreneurial mindset, like um, making a commitment because you know that there's value in it versus like, you know, dipping in and saying it's too hard and, you know, I'll move on to something else. It's, I think, another really fierce entrepreneur's trait. Okay, before we close out the interview part of the show, I want to ask another question because I've been with you at events and I've been standing there next to you chit-chatting with other people and notable people will say to you, oh, will you formulate for me? <laughs> I want to start a brand. So you probably get asked this quite a bit. I do. <laughs> so um a lot. What is the answer? Is this is this part of your world helping other people establish great formulas for their brand or are you like totally focused on beauty stat? Focused on, on beauty stat. The exception I made was with Haley Bieber and Road. So I'm I'm the cosmetic chemist in residence for her. I made the exception you know I think she, we first connected during the pandemic when she had this concept this idea and I was so intrigued, but with her enthusiasm, her knowledge of beauty and ingredients and had this laser focus approach to what she wanted. And I made the exception with partnering up with her and the road team to help her understand ingredients and help her build that brand. So I'm thrilled about that. But between my own brand beauty set and how I support Haley and Road, I, I really can't do anymore. I might my, my my plate is full. I love that, Ron. So, so I do. I do have some great resources for folks and re and referrals to give folks that are looking to start their own brand. But Jody, the the other key thing I want to share is that I am huge on mentorship, and if I cannot help them with their brand in terms of formulation, I'm always here for a resource if they need it to ask me a question. I have frequent touch bases with various mentees. And I, I, it, giving back is really important for me. So I always try to make time for that. I love that. And that's an incredible way to close out the interview portion of our show. Our next Listen Again Awards event will be in the summer when we honor our Q1 and Q2 recipients. Congratulations to our recipients, Neil, Ron, and Shantae. Thank you so much for sharing your career highs and lows and all that wisdom and insights with us. And we are so excited to listen again. 
Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.